Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard here, Fear Flying Coach. And today's episode is to answer the question, oh, I've got a flight tomorrow, I've just found the website, or maybe I have been doing some of your stuff, but I'm just having a last minute panic. What can you do to help me? As this was Geeta's idea, she is our first guest. So welcome, Geeta. Happy to be here as always. So Gita said, why don't you, and she said, why don't you and Susan, as in me, uh, just come up with this thing? Because there's a lot of people who post in the group saying, oh crap, I've got a flight tomorrow and just found the site or I haven't done any of the stuff. What can I do? Any top tips? And so I thought we might just open it. So this is going to call part one. So I grabbed a bunch of people and said, right, if you had 10, 15 minutes to say top tips or your advice, what would it be? And then obviously anyone listening to this thinks, yeah, we haven't said my top tip. Please email me, paul at lovefly.co.uk, paul at lovefly.co.uk, and you'll be on part two. So this is part one, kicking off with Gita. Woohoo! Wow, I'm you know, kicking so the whole thing This is your idea. So, but you, I thought, why are you asking me? You, you give so much advice <laughs> in the group. What the hell do I know? You know? So this is your I chance. Forgot- so, Wow, I forgot that it was even my idea. Yeah, it's your idea. (laughs) And also, you spend a lot of your time doing exactly this. So I was thinking... Maybe that's why. (laughs) I was typing the same things over and over again. I was like, perhaps we could put this in a place where it's a resource for people. Yeah, Yeah, I think think it's a great (laughs) idea. So so let's have some Gita wisdom then. Gita wisdom. So no pressure on that one. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Always with the song. You will be the start of the episode, so no pressure at all. Don't mess it up. Yeah, I think this is good for people who haven't haven't done a thing. But mm. also, I've noticed there's a lot of people who do all of the things and they're so prepared and then they get to like the day or two before and it's like mm. meltdown city and they get like totally thrown off balance or you do great on the flight to your destination. But then two days before you're supposed to fly home, all of a sudden you're a mess again. So we see these patterns happening again and again. So I think it, this kind of chat goes for any of those situations. Nice. Yeah, that's good actually, because I'd forgotten about that. Because some people who have done the 30-day program, exactly that, they storm the flight and then they come back and they go, oh, it's all gone. Or they have that last minute wobble. No, you're right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I speak from experience. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So I actually did take some notes because otherwise I'll just talk for five hours since I love aviation. So I thought I would just start just a a tiny like personal anecdote and then do a little bit of just overall mindset thinking because I'm a teacher. So I was like to put things in a frame, tell you what Mm. I'm going to tell you and then tell it to you. So I'll give you a little personal story and then just give a mindset frame for sort of how what's been useful for me to shift it. Ah. And then specific things of what to do in the moment. I think I have three or four and then like a bunch of just overall strategies after that. So I'm going to sort of start big picture and then drill down to strategies. Settling everyone. Here we go. 
<laughs> and away we go. Yeah. So first thing, I, I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode, you're probably in a mini meltdown or freaking out right now. So, or maybe not, maybe you're trying to prevent that. But I just, I can say from the bottom of my heart that I totally understand you because I've been there. I have been that person who was like laying in bed three nights before a flight on my computer looking up fear of flying resources, how to cope with fear of flying, what to do if you have a panic attack on an airplane. Instead of sleeping, this is the stuff I was looking up. You know, I waited until like two days before a flight to go, I think I have a problem. I should do something about it. And that was a little bit too late to help, but it did, it did help. I don't want to not give hope, but I realized then it was going to be a much bigger process and probably take a couple of months. So I did find some things that helped me get through that initial flight, which I will talk about towards the end. I, all hope is not lost if it's a couple of days before. Of course, you can shift it. But I've I've been there and I know how, oh, just how awful it feels, how you feel it in your body. You feel the mm. panic, the fear, the certainty that you're going to die, the certainty that it's your fault. Even though you know it's not true, it feels true. So... I've just been there. I've been that person who had a good flight going to a place and then on the way home um, the night before it was slept in, in the um, yes. airport hotel and did not sleep the whole entire night. It was just a ball of panic. You can listen back to probably episode one with Gita <laughs> for that more that deeper dive into my dark night of the soul at the Denver airport. But I've I've been there. I have so been there. So anything I'm telling you now is just come from my own personal experience, from everything that Mr. Paul Tizard has taught me. Um, uh, along I, I, I can't take all that. Don't blame me. Uh, well, sorry. Captain Ron says, <laughs> "Don't blame us for your yes. success." Yes, Ron Captain Ron helped yeah. me a lot. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Captain Ron helped tremendously. As did Susan and Pete. Pete really helped a lot too, just his unrelenting enthusiasm for flight. Mm. But it's this is all just coming from a place of, of just, I have compassion for you wherever you are. I understand and please know that you're not alone. And I wish that this is, I had been brave enough to reach out for this help before I got to the stage I was in. So if you're already reaching out for help, you're ahead of where I was. So bravissimo for that one. So. I let's go to mindset then. So I think in our society in general, this is going to get way philosophical, but you know, that's how I roll. We tend to avoid discomfort big time. Yes. Right. Like we're just so discomfort averse. We think that being uncomfortable is bad. And so in our ordinary everyday lives, we're so most of us, most of us are very privileged to have comfort electricity running water, choices of food, choices of entertainment, choices of you know, what, what clothing we're going to wear that day. We just have so much that protects us from feeling uncomfortable that when the slightest bit of discomfort comes along, we, we want to shove it away and, and sort of get rid of it and not mm -hmm. recognize it, that it's an opportunity for us to grow and develop and that it's normal and natural. So, if you're experiencing that big then extreme spike of being uncomfortable, then you know the nervous system goes into overdrive and we literally can feel like we're going to die on that plane. Yeah. So it really helped me to sort of think of it more like a performer or an athlete. 
way back in the archives of Gita, I was an athlete, but I am more recently a musician. And we look at performance nerves as totally normal. Mm. Right? Or you think of like any like, you know, soccer player the night before like the World Cup final, they're probably not like super zen and chill. Like there's probably some nerves and butterflies, right? Like the moment before you go on stage, we have very famous singers who before they go on stage, they're a wreck. I mean, they vomit, they're shaking, even though it's what they've chosen to do and they love it, but they know that that's just a temporary state and that it's normal to feel that Mm. nervous and anxious. So that nerves, is an indication for me that there's this extra outside pressure that's asking me to grow. It's a growth mindset stuff. You did positive psychology, right, Paul? I did, so, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. isn't that a thing? Like the growth mindset, yes. like the nerves, it's not something that's just discomfort to be pushed away, but it's actually asking you to grow and develop your potential for withstanding challenges. So think of yourself like a boss, right? Like you're a, you're a superstar. You may not be Lady Gaga getting on the stage, you know, or you're going to go play in the World Cup final, but you're doing your World Cup final or your big performance, which is to go to the airport and get on the plane and stay on the plane, you know? So if you're thinking of it that way of like, it's that in music, we use those nerves and we think of channeling them into the performance, you know, take Mm. them and like direct them towards Mm. something more useful. So um, I'll get to some of those strategies in a minute of how to direct it, but that sort of helps me to think about it when I feel nerves and I feel flutters and, you know, I'm, I'm in flight school now, I'm learning how to fly planes and I still get nervous and I think, oh, that's good. That means I care and that means I'm growing and that means that something really good is going to happen here. So sort of normalizing the nerves is good. Um, another mindset. Say, I love this. Yeah. I love, loving this. this is great. Loving this. <laughs> um, it is what you're doing right now is difficult, but it's not impossible. Is I think I've had a number of people message me, and they're at that moment of thinking about canceling. If you're thinking about canceling, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm speaking directly to you. If you're about to cancel that flight. Going to the airport and taking this flight is going to be difficult for you. It's going to be. It's not going to be easy, but it's not impossible. It's just difficult. So difficult, not impossible can be a thing you can put in this your brain. This could change. This, you know, we've got uncomfortable, not dangerous with turbulence. <laughs> we've right. now got a new maxim. Difficult, not impossible. Her yeah. difficult but not impossible. Yeah. So that's just, and so if you're at that moment when you're thinking of canceling, uh, if you just, if you're thinking of canceling two things, number one, of course you can, there's always an exit ramp. Like you, Mm. of course you can cancel, like feel, Mm. give yourself that freedom. Yes. I absolutely could. If I want to, of course, no one's going to think any less of you. No one at love fly is going to judge you. It's great. Cancel away, cancel and move on. Like, that's it. Don't have to make such a big deal about it, you know, but do know that maybe have a strategy then if you're going to cancel and say, okay, before I even cancel, I'm going to book a one-on-one with Paul, or I'm going to book a one-on-one with Captain Ron at, is he, I forget his company. Look up Captain Ron. He's got a whole thing. Or I'm going to get the Simplify app from um, Alon. 
or uh, you know, I'm going to buy another book, or I'm going to book a, a EasyJet has a course. Like, do something else immediately mm. before you book to set up your future growth. Because if you don't, you run the risk of what I've seen happen with a few people. They cancel and then they go into this the shame spiral, yes. and then it becomes 20 years before you ever fly again. So you're avoiding that temporary discomfort and creating a really long-term gnarly mess. So cancel, but before you cancel, set up something so that you can use it as a springboard towards growth. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you can cancel and just be like, you know, it's not the right time, but I will do it. And here's how I'm going to do it. Mm. So you're canceling it, but in a different way. Does that make sense? We like that. Yeah, it's great. We like that. Paul likes it. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> last little thing on mindset. Thank you for validating me. You're not even doing it, but yeah, that's, that's, no, that's great. That's really, and that's a really smart. That is very smart because it can completely right that people, when they cancel, they go into this massive shame spiral, as you called it. And yeah, I, th- I like that idea to sort of have something planned. So that it's not yeah. just like that's it because it's so easy just to then hide, isn't it? Afterwards, so I love that. That's yes. really good. Anyway, don't let me interrupt your flow. You do. This is great. No, no, no. I love, I love, I love chatting with you. Last little thing on mindset before I get to specific techniques. The reason why I'm spending time on mindset is because I don't think there's any shortcuts. You know, some folks might pull up this episode because they're looking for just that thing to help me get through the flight. And you might find some temporary things to help minimize Mm -hmm. discomfort. But you've said it before, too, right? There's no shortcuts. You kind of have to get into it and and work on this for a long time in, in small little dribbles to really make a substantive change. So there's no shortcuts. So that's why I'm spending time on mindset. So don't fast forward through this. <laughs> okay, so if you have, <laughs> will know. So if you are freaking out, say you're even at the airport freaking out, you're listening to this in the security line, look at the power of your mind for a second. This is what really helped me when I was sitting there in that Denver airport, catastrophizing and imagining just the worst, most horrible things happening over and over again. I was like, my God, look at what my mind is creating. My Mm. mind has like, none of this is happening in this moment. I am in a really nice hotel room, like, Mm. and ridiculously expensive because it's so convenient to the airport, but my mind is literally creating a catastrophe. It's not actually even happening Mm. so much so that it has me considering booking a train ticket to get all the way across the United States of America back to Boston (laughs) and not going on this flight in the morning. And I was like, look at the power of my mind, look at what it created. Mm. What if I take the power of my mind and give a chance to see myself differently? If I take that power and I use it in a different way, I was like, oh, right, duh, (laughs) I can do that. But if you doubt how powerful you are because you feel powerless, you feel like you're going to get on that plane, you don't have power and you're strapped in and you can't get off and all of those things we feel, that's just thoughts that you're creating. You can create other thoughts that give you your power back. So you're much more powerful than you're giving yourself credit for. So stop it and get on with being awesome. Okay. There you go. Technique this is Peter Gold. We like that. Good. Okay. <laughs> so what to do, how to actually, you know, put this into action. Cause like theory philosophy is great, but unless you actually do something, it's just mm. meaningless. So one thing that really helped me 
when I was in the worst moments and felt like, like I was moments away from telling my husband, so I'm going to take the train home. <laughs> and this is, you know, I was like moments away from like doing that. I started doing a thing that I did once when I was in a uh, profound grief. I had lost someone that I loved and it was that kind of grief that just, you feel like you can't even feed yourself. You're so just completely traumatized in shock. That's the word I was looking for. So, and one of my friends does this as well. I found out later and we call it like narrating the steps technique. (laughs) So it was literally like, I may have talked about this before on the podcast where like, I, I, it was, it's too overwhelming to think of all the things you have to do to get on the plane. Mm. So I would be like, okay, next you have to sit up in bed. I would literally say that out loud to myself and then sit up. Next, you have to put your feet on the ground. And then I put my feet on the ground. Next, you have to stand up. And then I'd stand up. Okay, now you just have to walk to the door. That's all you have to do. And I'd walk to the door. And I literally had to narrate almost my whole morning that way when I was going through this grief to just do activities of daily living. Mm. But I have found it helpful in moments of extreme anxiety as well. Because for me, I don't know if you guys are like this, but I get in the what if, what if, what if, what if, and I start thinking of all the things, there's a security, and then there's a little tunnel thing. And what if I lose the bag? And what if they can't, you know, they don't have my seat? And what if I have to sit in the, like, mine just starts going instead yeah. just literally narrating what I'm doing in the moment and telling myself the sentence and then doing it and drilling it down to the smallest possible step so that I'm just literally standing up and then I'm walking. That really mm. helped me to get through those challenging moments. It sounds a little kooky and I'm honestly a little embarrassed that I have to do that sometimes, but I think that's living with anxiety is kind of like that sometimes. You have to just kind of be like your well, own mom. I think it's eminently sensible because you, everything else is imagined anyway. The future hasn't happened yet. So you, if you're just yeah. dealing with the now, then that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And somehow for me, then narrating it out, mm. saying it, like coaching myself through it again, like almost like I'm my own mother, you know, like stand up, honey, good job. You know, yeah. put your hand on the door. Well done. You know, and each time giving myself a little, like you're doing mm. it, like this is mm. hard, but you're doing it really helps. That's Another cool. technique in the moment is the five, four, three, two, one. Do you know this one, Paul? You probably know it from mindfulness. <laughs> well, I think, I'm probably going to get it wrong, which is sort of why I'm asking you because I read it and then I sort of adapted it to myself. And then my therapist told me some things about it. So y'all might have your own five, four, three, two, one technique. I'm just going to tell you mine <laughs> because yeah. I don't know well, if there's a golden way no, to do it. I don't know if it matters. No. Okay, cool. And I'm not sure like, you know, if someone, I really like to trace origin of techniques, you know, mm. and give proper, proper at- attribution. Is that the right word? Yeah. Credit, credit where credit is due. Um, so anywho, so five, four, three, two, one is a technique of um, bringing yourself into the moment. It's just another momentary technique. And this is one I'll do sometimes if uh, I was in the um, boarding area or something like that, or especially for me in the middle of the night and I wake up with that like middle of the night doom, mm. which is how my anxiety will manifest 2 a.m. panic thoughts. Um, that's just been a pattern for me since fourth grade. So thanks genetics for that one. So <laughs> this is what I do to just stop that, that spiral. So I will list five things that I can see. 
four things that I can feel tactile with touch or three things I can hear, two things I can smell. It's supposed to be one thing you can taste, but this one comes from my therapist. She has me list one thing that I like about myself. Mm. I love that one. Mm. It's so good because taste is kind of like, like very, hopefully there's not always a taste in your mouth, you know, like it's, I don't know, it can be tough. So, and I try to be more specific as I've gotten better at it. Be really, I'm a writer, so I like to be specific, you know, five things I can see, like, you know, I can see the powder blue wall, like be very specific, you know, I can see the Victorian sconce that I bought, you know, in 1987, you know, uh, is, is switched on, like be really specific. So yeah. I'm really paying attention. Yeah. Um, but sometimes in the moments when I'm really close to a panic attack or something like that, it's just, you know, I see blue, <laughs> I see yeah. a white cloud, <laughs> I see Paul's face, like just really simple. Um, that one really helps. Is that similar to the one you know? Uh, I think I did some mindfulness training and I, I've forgotten half of it because I just, <laughs> there's, because you just- You're just so you naturally mindful. No, I don't think that's the case. I think just there's a couple of things that have stayed with me and then the rest have just gone because because they perish if you don't use them, don't they? Yeah. Well, I think with all those trainings, I think we keep what works mm, and then it. we just let the rest go. But we like your, your 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 version. That's great. Yeah, I found that to be pretty helpful. And another one is the classic one that you perhaps have a podcast on, which is the breathing technique. Shall we do one right now? Deep breath in. <laughs> and out. Yeah, deep breaths have, you know, quite literally saved my life. Um, mm. I think I talked about these in the first podcast I was on, but that's my go-to strategy. And I think you do, is that episode 44? It is, yes. And you do a beautiful job teaching that. It's like inhaling for a count, holding for a count, and exhaling for a count. It's just I've never perfect. listened to it. It's really good. Oh, it's really good. It and I think Hannah the counting is helpful. To, 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 to said, oh, you know, you should, she said, that thing you did at the end of your audio book, you should, should release it. I went, really? Yeah. So, oh. So I, I've never, I wouldn't listen to myself. It'd be too cringy. But thank you for the words. I was just trying to keep it pretty basic, you know, just counting. So for some people, it's too much. Mm. It's just to be aware of their breath is about all they can manage. But I, I like the counting. Oh, it gives you see. something to do. I like the counting. I, I find when I'm doing, you know, my yoga practice or in a typical day, I don't need to count because I can mm -hmm. just sort of drop in and take these big expansive breaths and away we go. You mm -hmm. know, also being a clarinetist, it's like breath is our life. But when I'm in a moment of anxiety, I need that counting to anchor me. Yes. I find the counting helpful. So I hear Paul's voice in that moment. In, two, three, <laughs> four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eduardo described it as uh, the voice of Xanax. Yes, totally. It's I awesome. It's a compliment. It is. <laughs> I would agree with that. Okay, so those are my sort of like in the moment when I'm in that like tipping point of like mm -hmm. making a bad decision, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to throw out a bunch of overall strategies at you guys and just kind of see. This is less, you know, specific momentary techniques, but more just 
stuff in general that can kind of buoy you. One really random thing, but it's watching sitcoms. I find really helpful, mm. like laughter. Yes. Because <laughs> it just, it breaks open the log jam. It naturally gets your, your diaphragm muscle, which is part of how you breathe moving, which helps then your breathing. It's like a natural breathing mm. exercise. And it just breaks up that log jam of thought, especially if it's a sitcom that you've watched before in good times and you have a good association with. Like I've been going back through Seinfeld again and just, oh man, it's just humans. We're so awkward and cringy. Like <laughs> it's just nice to laugh about it. It just makes everything better. Good Another tip. overall strategy, especially a couple of days before, get your buns outside, like go outside into nature. Even if you live in a city, go to a park, go stand by a tree. Um, our bodies really respond well to sunlight, to fresh oxygen. Your body will naturally know how to find more regulation if you engage with the natural world. It's just, I don't have to cite all the studies to prove that, but it's such a simple thing, but we often overlook it when we're in like that anxiety, getting ready for a trip mode. Like, go for a walk, go outside. Another general strategy, which really gets overlooked, love fly peeps, I am looking at you. Would you please, for the love of God, eat and drink the two days before a flight? <laughs> Can I get an amen, Paul? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. I, so many people like message me or they're in the comments and they're like, they're not eating and they're maybe hydrating, but if you're only drinking a little bit of water, put my suggestion, what helped me was to put electrolytes in the water. That mm. really helped mm. because if I was feeling very nervous and anxious and not like eating, or I know I, even if I'm eating, I'm not digesting well because I feel so uncomfortable yeah, yeah. and my stress, you know, hormones are flying that drinking a small quantity of water that has electrolytes then can help manage the systems mm. of your body so they function more harmoniously and as they're supposed to and that can then in turn help that natural homeostasis just moving towards balance yeah, of the yeah. body which mm. then in turn helps your mind to feel better electrolytes can really really help and bringing them on the plane as well can help because it's just so darn dry and you might not even realize you say i'm too nervous to eat Part of the reason you don't feel like eating is because you're not eating and drinking like you're kind of shutting off your body's yes. natural process yeah, yeah so even if you don't feel like it do it anyway because then you'll be like oh i feel a little better and then you're creating a new pattern so nice. please don't get on the plane fasted and dehydrated no thank you yeah I always There's tell people, more? if you were here, I'd make you a cup of tea. There's more. <laughs> There's a couple more. I have, I think, three or four more, and they're quick. Okay. okay. So this one falls under the performance thing, acting like, you know, you're a performer or you're a top athlete. Like, just act as if you've got it. Like, dress well. You can be comfy on the plane, but I like to wear something that looks nice. I put on makeup. I smile at people. I make eye contact. I fake like I'm not, a, well, back then I would fake like I wasn't a nervous passenger and just kind of like I was almost mm. on stage. Mm. And then when I needed help, I would ask for it. You know, I've had to ask people for help on, on board before, but otherwise just kind of treat it like it's, you're honoring yourself in the event rather than slogging through it. <laughs> the other thing, what's the other, I have one more tip. Where is it? Oh, I think Paul will approve of this one. <laughs> Limit your social media, except for Lovefly. Limit your use of turbulence apps 
and limit your use of looking at the weather. And even stop checking to see if the flight you're on is landing successfully for weeks before you take it. Because then one little thing you see that's abnormal and then you're off to the races again. So what would happen if you just didn't do any of that? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I do. I, I massively approve of that one. Yeah, I was correct. I learned Alon, it from you. Yeah, Alon corrected me because I said, you know, they're all nonsense. He said, no, they're not. They're not nonsense. He said, but you don't know how to read them. So it's like mm. a doctor handing you a scan, and then you go, oh, that's I don't really know what I'm looking at, and it's, it's the same thing, you know. So if you can't read it. All you'll see is the bad bits and not actually have any context for it. Thought, Correct. Oh, that's a good way to think about it. But as I still maintain it, don't bloody look at them. That going to help. Yeah. What are you going to do anyway? You check the weather and go, oh, weather's <laughs> bad. You know, should I phone the pilot, let him know, or her know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't do anything. You either go in or you're not. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, no, I love that. Yeah. It's trying to soothe yourself with something that's not mm. going to soothe you. So do other things. Eat well dance, listen to music, you know, do nice things for yourself. So last little one I have um, is is one thing that I think I ended up writing to someone who was himself a general aviation pilot, but he was afraid to fly commercially. Mm. And it was a little bit of that like loss of control thing. And so I, I talked to him a little bit about like that as passengers, we actually have a responsibility on board the aircraft. I mean, your former crew, mm -hmm. right? You know that like, we tend to think like, I know I used to think this way and now I see that I was wrong. You get on board and you don't have any power. You can't get off. You know, you can't move. You, you just, you, you lose all of your power. I mean, you're trapped is sort mm -hmm. of how we view it. But you actually have a very serious, I think, responsibility when you're a passenger. Maybe it's because I'm a student pilot and I'm learning how to brief passengers. <laughs> and especially in a small two or four seater plane like I'm flying, you know, it's really important that the passengers behave well because it can be really serious if they don't. But on board commercial aircraft, we need to be calm on board. Like it's a responsibility. Like, okay, if you have a panic attack, they'll take care of you. But we need people that are calm, alert, that listen to the flight attendants, that actually review the safety card. Why don't people do that? Like they, they're telling you for a reason, not because it's like, oh, whatever it's just something we have to do like it's in case you need to you want to know what to do like yeah. so look at locate the exits notice who's around you and some of those people might need actually assistance just getting their baggage in or helping with their kid or they might be more nervous than you are so you have power and agency and responsibility as a passenger so kind of like own that with a little pride and get on board that aircraft like someone who is going to help with the safe and relaxed and joyful experience of the flight for everyone around you because it's kind of part of your job that's why the safety card is there and they do the safety briefing it's not just because they have to mm. so you have power on board so use it people if you ever want to fly with me i'm going to do a big safety brief that's great last that's, little bit yeah nice very good okay last little bit know that even as you're walking through these challenging moments that you might not feel super successful right now you might feel horrible getting on board you might be crying and all of that but know even though in the moment you're feeling a little bit like you're losing it that you are doing a great job 
and that you're building towards a future where this is something that you perhaps even enjoy doing it. Like understand that where you are now is not necessarily where you're going to be. Mm. And by walking through this now, it's the stepping stone towards a year or even two weeks from now, getting on board and being like, oh, yes, no big deal. This is awesome. I got this. So just know that you're in a building process. And if you feel nervous and uncomfortable, that's good because it means you're growing. So be your own best friend get on board that aircraft, be responsible for your behavior and know that you've got this. And no matter what you do, we're all going to love you anyway. So be a hot mess or not, but love flies still got your back. Oh, get out. Drop the <laughs> mic. Fantastic. Oh, that's really that's what good. I got. That was, there was tons and tons of wisdom there. Then maybe it's going to be part, this is maybe this is part one and there'll be another part two and then another part three, but this is brilliant. So it was supposed to be twice. 15 minutes and I went on a little long. <laughs> you know what right. you get when you ask me to talk. Look uh, out. <laughs> good. Really good. Well thought through. Really helpful. Structured. Just brilliant. Wisdom with a bit of, I don't know. I just, I don't know how to sum you up. But it's just fabulous. Thank you. I Thank hope you. from the bottom of my heart that it helps someone just through a challenging moment. Cause like I said, I've been there and I mm. know how embarrassing and scary and sad and just, Oh, it's just so challenging. And I know the joy that's on the other side of that. So if I can be part of that, just being, you know, we're all in this together, just part of that, just walking through this life together. That's what gives me joy. So it's my pleasure. Oh, Gita. Amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Sure You're you welcome. On the Sunday. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. As always, Yay. brilliant, brilliant <laughs> stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So welcome back to Jamie Fraser. And we're continuing the question of, oh, crap, I've got a flight tomorrow or the next day. I've just found the group. Don't know what to do. What's the best? What's your top tip? So Jamie has uh, been on the podcast before. You may remember him, but he's got some... Jamie's a prolific writer in the Love Fly group. So, Jamie, what would you recommend? I'd, I'd say it depends precisely how many hours you've got until the flight. If you've got 24 hours or 48 hours, then I'd I'd get myself acquainted with as much as I can on the Love Fly website. I'd listen to as many podcasts as I possibly can. If you're really, really short notice, if your boss has just rung and said, right, you're going to Edinburgh in a couple of hours, mm. then I think the best thing you can do is is really kind of knuckle down on the on the relaxation and the breathing techniques because it's it's physically impossible to be in a state of panic and relaxation simultaneously. So if you can if you can breathe properly through the breathing techniques that Love Fly have taught mm. and keep yourself as calm as possible. I know this this may be very difficult for some people to do, but if you can keep yourself as calm as possible and just keep putting one foot in front of the other and going about what you need to do to to, to, to get to the plane and deal with the business. Mm. then you will win half the battle so so keep calm and breathe deeply is the first thing i would say okay i would keep sipping water because a dry mouth is one of the symptoms of of fear and panic so if you sip water it tricks the brain into thinking that the mouth is okay oh um, and i would yeah. listen that's a good one um <laughs> it's not just for, not just to keep your hydration up it, it, it's actually plays a slightly psychological trick on the brain to have, a, to have a, a cool wet mouth like that so and the third thing i would say is if you have the opportunity given the time yeah to um to to get 
to get hold of either hypnotherapy tapes, relaxation tapes, Love Fly episode 44, or any of the other services, including things like Slim Simply Fly, then they have got some really, really useful things that you can listen to on headphones. So as you're going to the plane, you're going about your business at the airport, you can keep yourself on top of relaxation. Nice. Okay. So that's great. I like that, actually. So the uh, the water one was a, was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I really love that. So so what? So imagine they do have like 24 hours or 48. What would you then suggest? You said about the podcasts, uh, binging those, yeah. which is nice. Thank you for the plug. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Well, I think um, it, it's a bit, with 48 hours, it's a bit tricky other than doing the relaxation, the breathing and listening to podcast and possibly i would say get hold of any hypno tapes that you can from any of the audio book providers you know mm. there's some really good ones that i listen to a lot on, on relaxation on fear of heights fear of claustrophobia and i find them very very useful and relaxing okay um there's there's i don't know if i can plug a competitor there is a really yeah. good one on simply fly that i like simply fly has got a spanish sounding lady who's a hypnotherapist and her recording on simply fly is really good i enjoy that very much mm. but i would also say that it, it depends if you're a newcomer to the group as well if, if you're a newcomer then the chances of getting hold of a book is pretty slim in 48 hours yeah. but if you have if you have one of the um the kind of the bible books you know the alan carr books then I think dipping into those, yes. picking certain lessons from those books can be very useful indeed. Mm, yeah, I like his. I like his book. It's great. Yeah, uh, I think you, you can, and you can normally get hold of these things like as uh, eBooks you can download or audio book quite quickly as well. So these are other options, aren't they? Yeah. The other thing I would say to try to give people a bit of confidence, because I can imagine just how difficult it could be for some people is that the anticipation is worse than actually doing it. You see, I always used to find that I was terrified about going to the airport and walking around the airport and all that. But once I'd got onto the plane, in a very kind of paradoxical way, I actually felt quite relaxed because you see the staff, you get the air con, you have the soft music, maybe there's some mood lighting, you know, and, and once you get into your seat and sit down, I actually you know invariably started to think oh well, this isn't so bad actually it was yeah, it was yeah, all the yeah. you know all the tension building up in having to get to the airport having to pack your bags or whatever you know having to get the transport there in time and where do i go when i get to the airport all that stuff is quite stressful anyway mm. so so once you're through all that and you've actually sat down in your seat on the plane you'll you'll hopefully find that you're quite relaxed anyway it is designed to 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 make you feel like that anyway yeah, it, it does you're right <laughs> <laughs> so then just as a sort of uh so that's that's some nice little tips there and just as sort of as a message of hope in a nutshell what have you had to overcome to be able to get to the place now where you can fly mostly okay i i've had to overcome many decades of severe panic and i i have done it um it's understanding understanding how it works and practice Keep going over all of the hypnotherapies, all of the knowledge, all of the skills that you pick up along the way. Um, you know, you use them like a muscle. You have to keep exercising them in order to keep them good and healthy. 
And I think that uh, I think that once you understand that the pilots are doing their jobs, you know, the staff are doing their jobs, the plane is doing its job, fly. And once you begin to trust in that, you'll find that it's a lot easier. Fantastic. There you go. Oh, uh, Jamie, that was uh, really, really helpful. Really appreciate that. Um, okay. Thank you very, very much. I'm hoping we'll get to see you again. We must be due a part two for your uh, your own podcast that I... was very popular. A lot of people still quote <laughs> it, so we must be due an update. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love to do another one. Tell you all about going to America last year. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I'll hold you to that. And um, yeah, th thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. No problem, Paul. Any time. I'm always happy to help. I really enjoy doing this. So just call on me whenever you need. Okay. Oh, nice. Thanks, mate. Okay. Take care of yourself. Thanks a lot. Okay. Paul. See you, mate. Bye bye. 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 So we are continuing this idea now of somebody who's just perhaps found the site or they've got, they're suddenly thinking, crikey, I've got a flight tomorrow. What do I do? And we're all collecting, set, casting a wide net. And now we're going to hear from the creator of the flight checklist, Pete Higgins. So, Pete, what should they or shouldn't they do? Well, they're all things that we do not like doing, but we do these things to get it over with. These are some of the scenarios that I use when I meet people with the fear of flying. When you go to the dentist, there's possible pain, maybe an extraction and fillings. There's a cost. There is no pain when flying in an aircraft. So go for it, get on the aircraft and sit back and enjoy the flight. Tip one. <laughs> Number two. In England, and I think in America and some countries, you've got the annual government vehicle test. You take your car into the garage to get the certificate of roadworthiness. Mm. Then when you leave it with them, you're wondering, will it pass? What if repairs are needed? How much will it cost? This can be very stressful for some people. When flying, you know that the aircraft are maintained to the highest standard. So there is no worry. Has this aircraft passed its government test? Yes. Mm. There is no Sorry, there is another reason to fly. Just go for it. You know that it's perfectly safe. This is one that's dear to a lot of men's hearts. Conflict. When men go shopping with their wives or partners, we know for men it is stressful, but we still do it to get it over with. If your partner buys something you do not like and say so, you will be in conflict. There is no conflict when flying. If you do not eat the meal that is served up, the cabin crew do not come up and say, what's wrong with your meal? Why did you not eat it? My mother was up all night preparing this food for you. So go for it. When you fly, there is no conflict. Another scenario, when you visit a doctor or hospital, it's very stressful because you're wondering about the what-if scenario. So go for it. Get on the aircraft because there are no what-if scenarios when you fly. The flight deck crew and cabin crew take care of everything. Turbulence. We all know that turbulence is not dangerous. For a few, it is uncomfortable. But for many passengers, it's only a minor irritant, especially watching a film or reading a book. So go for it. Get on the aircraft and fly to your dream destination. This one's a good one. I do not like flying. Where does it say on your boarding pass that you have to like it? So, you know that it's very safe, so just go for it and fly. 
This one is dear to a lot of people's hearts. Wanting to cancel the holiday or offload from the aircraft. Think about it. If you do cancel your holiday, the aircraft is still going to go even without you. So while you're back at home regretting your decision, two to three hundred people will be enjoying their holiday somewhere on our wonderful planet. Mm -hmm. So go for it and fly. Decorating. This is a, a good scenario. For many people, they put off as long as possible a sort of redecorating a room. But when they start and get into the flow of things, they take everything in their stride. So when you fly, just take everything in your stride. To finalise it, all the eight scenarios I've just described of reasons to put things off do not apply when you fly in an aircraft. So just let the dedicated flight deck crew and cabin crew take you in comfort and safety to your dream destination. You can do this. Amazing. Amazing. Because I hey. thought you would, uh, I thought there's, great, there's some nice little tips there. So I thought you would talk about your flight checklist and, you know, like go through the checklist, but you've, you know, you've been very modest here. Well, the flight checklist uh, says it all. When you're reading it, I like it because you read the first line, then you're expecting things. Mm. When you expect things to happen, you can't freak out on an aeroplane. It's that, it's that simple. The checklist has worked wonders for many people, and I'm so pleased about that. Mm. When there's turbulence, it's no big deal. The checklist will describe the turbulence, possibly when you just take off and you're climbing through some cloud base, or when approaching your arrival destination and you descend through the cloud, the wings will wobble, a bit of turbulence. But that disappears sometimes when you get below the cloud level. That's all written down. And because you're expecting it, no big deal. And when you think about things to expect with the checklist, as soon as the wheels touch the ground, reverse thrust, the wheels will sort of uh, gently kiss the runway. Sometimes it's loud, but it's designed to be loud. Mm. No big drama. The reverse thrust comes in, very exciting, as three, four, five hundred tons of aircraft is brought to a halt by just reversing the airflow. How super is that? That saves on a lot of wear and tear on the tyres and brakes and makes, hopefully, aircraft seats cheaper. I'd like to think it does. So go for it. With the flight checklist, do the things you don't like doing, and if one of them is an aeroplane, just get on it and do it. You can do this. With Love Fly, the world's your oyster. It's so simple. You can't go wrong. That's like a drop the mic moment, my friend. <laughs> I think we'll knock it on the head there. That's fantastic. Nice bit of tips, nice and punchy, and some bits there I think uh, that people will resonate with. So thanks a million, Peter. Thanks for all you do for the Love Fly and all the Love Flyers. I know you get lots of praise in the group. I don't think you always see it, but there's they, we really appreciate what you do, and I know a lot of the nervous flyers have benefited enormously <laughs> from your checklist. So thank you. Bye. So next we have Melissa and uh, Melissa you remember was on a recent podcast talking about her experiences of flying and uh, you've been recommended you were on the Gita recommendation list for part one and she said 
I'm sure Melissa will have some thoughts around things that you can do. So the, remember, the context is, oh, crap, I've got flight tomorrow and I've just found the Love Fly group or I'm just having some last minute panics. What can I do? And uh, yeah, what do you th- what, what would you recommend? Welcome back, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back, Paul. And mm. uh, thanks to Gita for recommending me. So lots of you know me from the Facebook group, but anyone new listening who has a flight tomorrow um, <laughs> don't know who I am, but I've been on the group for like nine months, I think, mm. um, preparing for a big flight I've got this summer. So I've done a lot of work and gained a lot of tips from the group. So I'm definitely not cured yet, but... I'm doing better than I was. And so this is the advice that I would give to anyone on the group. The first thing is about anticipatory anxiety, which is a thing that I struggle with a lot for weeks before the flight. And I know lots of people on the group do as well because I see it day in, day out. So that anticipatory anxiety I've been doing some reading about and Basically, anytime you have that anxiety when you're not in the event, so you're not on the flight, that's all your imagination. So you're actually safe in the moment, but you're Mm. living out an imaginary scenario in your head. And that sort of makes you think, if I'm doing this badly now, then what am I going to be like on the day? Yes. And um, however, that, that anxiety doesn't tell you the truth and it's in no way a predictor or a warning or a sign about how things are going to go on the day. Perfect. Love that. Um, I found that really interesting. Mm. There's also the thought in a lot of our heads that we've worried so long that it will somehow keep us safe, but it doesn't. And so I have read that even when a fear is mostly beaten, this anticipation is one of the last things to get rid of. And that's because our brains automatically remember past experiences and they also like to predict the future, which is like a very human thing. Like animals never live in the future, do they? So, and also sometimes anxiety is actually excitement and it's easy to mix the two up. And um, it's okay to allow yourself to feel the excitement Mm. and also try to have an anchor thought for when you're at your destination. So something that you can just picture yourself doing in on your trip so what can you do about that is um obviously if someone's joining and has a flight tomorrow they don't have that much time to work on this in depth but you can just allow these thoughts to come into your mind rather than push them away so it's okay to have those thoughts it's okay it's okay to recognize that although the anxiety feels physically not nice it's not necessarily an indicator of how you'll be on the day these feelings can't hurt you so they feel like really awful but they won't actually do you any harm and the anxiety often comes in waves so it'll kind of peak and then subside so I have started basically giving myself lots of positive self-talk and have little mantras in my head so my favorite one which I say on the group and others say too is the thoughts are not facts and anxiety doesn't mean there's a threat and um, I really like that and I just tell myself that a lot Mm. and then more practical things so I think before the flight as much as you can distract yourself at home by doing nice things so watch something funny on tv listen to some music that you like go up for a walk try to eat as well as you can because If you don't eat, it sort of amplifies how your body feels not good. 
and also rest as much as you can. And for me, I find that more recently I've tried to avoid alcohol in the time before the flight because that exacerbates my anxiety and also makes me sleep worse. So I also keep a little notebook of like tips that I've got from the group or notes from the podcast. I also take screenshots and um, have little inspirational quotes in this album on my phone. And you can also try out like the Headspace app, but I appreciate if you haven't got much time. It's That's kind of a longer process. For me, I think being as prepared as you can for the trip. So the packing, because that stresses me out, try to do that as far in advance as you can and sort out your house or whatever else you have to do. Book an airport hotel the night before if you have a morning flight, because then you don't have all that rushing around in the morning, you know, trying to get your house in order. For me, I've got to drop my dog off somewhere and it's all just a, a big palaver. And I've got two kids to sort out as well. So just um, get to the airport hotel and think, okay, I'm here now. I've got my luggage and yeah, I, I'm I just agree. in it now. Nice. Also, book a, um, some people say book an airport lounge, um, just so you've got maybe a quieter place to go at the airport. You can kind of look at the route that your flight might normally take on flight radar, just to familiarize yourself with that if it helps. And this is this is a good thing for that I think will help a lot of people. And I read this in a book, but it's um, prepare a self-soothing toolkit. So it's like basic, basically like an emotional rescue toolkit. And um, you put things in there that will engage all of your senses. So um, I really like the noise cancelling headphones and I know a lot of other people do. And I like a playlist of music that just makes you happy. And again, obviously you can listen to your podcasts or your audiobooks. Like I struggle to read an actual book, but an audiobook is probably a bit easier. A weighted eye mask, just if you want to like block out any sights. Make yourself as comfy as possible. So your travel pillow and your comfy clothes. And then I've read, I've also read like take something that smells nice that you're familiar with. So people say lavender. I personally like vanilla. Bottle of water because your mouth gets dry when you're anxious. A rescue remedy, which is like a spray herbal mm. thing, which I actually used on my last flight just to, um, I don't even know what it did, but the, the taste was like really bad. So it's almost <laughs> like by having a bad taste. Or you can also have mints, but also um, elastic band on the wrist, you know, to ping, read that. Um, there's a, you can get like fidget rings or fidget jewelry, magazines to flick through games on your phone so I've got solitaire because that's quite mindless I can't do anything too like too difficult you know so it just has to be something really brainless and then um just like a notepad as well if you want to jot anything down and then this so is a great list Lisa. I mean you're just like them out. that's brilliant preparing this <laughs> And that, this so is then gold. Get, then we get to the day of the flight. Oh, wow. Yeah, great. <laughs> obviously, you've got your toolkit. And then, so in the morning, try to eat, like I've said, um, try to drink something like a herbal tea or something that, that comforts you. And then when you get to the airport, try to stay in the moment, I think, as much as you can, because I think once your thoughts start spiraling, it's very hard to come back from. And you just get in that 
absolute like can't think straight you know it's like the whole forebrain keeping that engaged so I think um every step of the way just kind of look around observe people take sort of factual notes in your head like about I don't know someone's got a nice jumper or look at that person's hair or, I don't know it's just keeping you in the moment really and then once you get on the plane I don't like the takeoff at all that's my worst bit so this is just what I did last time but I put the headphones on you tap your middle finger very quickly which was on one of your podcasts with Rob Bohr who I really I really like that one and he also said about observing the people on the plane and just making sure you're in that environment just think of it as like a room or rather than know that you're miles up in the air going fast just just kind of go I'm just in this room with these people what they're doing you know love that and also um people have said you could set set like a watch or something for five minutes because by that point you're you've got through like the sort of worst bit of the takeoff so I may do that but also I may video the takeoff which also distracts you a bit yeah I've done yeah. last time and then I have my little mantra on the plane, which is let go. That's my other favorite one. And I say it's okay to let go of yeah. the control yes. and everything like that. And it's okay to trust these people, like how highly trained they are. Mm. Day at the office for them. Mm, that's and, right. and most of the pilots that you come across absolutely love their job. And it's a huge passion for them. And they've got their own families. Again, the breathing, you want to have regulate that if you can so the long slow out breaths you can kind of obviously use Pete Higgins checklist or identify the various noises from things you've learned so for me the noise abatement was a huge yes. thing if I learned that 25 years ago that would have helped me an awful lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and again um, break up your time into small manageable chunks I think so I'm going to have like a little itinerary with activities I could do and take them off. And mm. it might just be like very small goals, like listen to one song if you're struggling or read one page of a magazine or have a walk around, chat to a member of the crew if you want to, uh, play a game on your phone, uh, things like that. So yes. just try to not imagine like for me the whole nine hours like just imagine the next 10 minutes or something because yeah. I think I feel like I could probably do a short flight quite easily but I'm still struggling with the thought of mm. the long like keeping mm. your mind calm for that time and I used to um watch the flight map for the whole entire nine hours but it's like it makes you so much worse so I'm gonna try not to do that I'm going to check it. I'm going to allow myself to check in every now and yeah. then. But just check you're still not. flying, you know. Yeah, but yeah. not always have it on <laughs> because you know, that's all I do. And it's just, yeah. yeah, I don't know, just not nice. <laughs> and so, so that's it, really. The only other thing I was going to say was when you're on your trip, try to keep doing a bit of work because I think a lot of people struggle more with the thought of coming home, myself included, maybe because you don't have that excitement about the holiday. So I'm going to keep um, listening to podcasts while I'm there and keep posting on the group. And then the other thing I'm going to do is plan a nice activity for like the weekend after I get home. So I've already said to my friends, we need to organize like a meal out. And that's going to be something I can focus on if I'm 
worried on the plane of like, I'm going out with my friends in three days' time and I'm gonna tell them all about my my holiday and just I don't know, it allows you to like look to the future, which I think you need to do because you get just otherwise you just sort of spiral. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's that's all my tips. <laughs> Melissa, fantastic. That was a great list that you rattled through there. And I like the fact that you were thinking about before during and even when you get there thinking about like what you need to do to to keep because no one else has said that so that's really helpful to because you are there and you also have the opportunity to then dwell on it because you've got another return flight haven't you Mm, very good thank you very much that was excellent and nice to see you again i hope it helps some people we are following on from gita's suggestion of what can you do to help people you got 24 hours or I've just found the group or I'm having a last minute panic. Uh, maybe I've got 24, 48 hours. I haven't done anything. Maybe I've done loads of things, but it's all lastminute.com, which is quite a common thing to come up in the group. So, Susan, what do you reckon? Hi, Paul. That's a, a great one, isn't it? I know we have lots of people come into the group like that, don't we? And, yeah. You know, anywhere from seven days to as you said tomorrow in a bit of a fluster and it can be just for no fault of their own they just literally found it you know last minute haven't they yes or also we all do that a little bit don't we when we don't want to do something or we're scared you just kind of put it somewhere in the back of your mind until you can't it's um yes there's no choice yeah okay so we're at that stage so I guess there's a couple of things when we're you know you're sort of in the eye of the storm then aren't you So I think the first thing is to focus on the practicalities, get all the practicalities sorted out, everything that might reduce your stress in a very practical sense. So whether that's, you know, booking taxis, checking in, all those kind of things and getting yourself organised for the flights and making sure you've got entertainment, everything ready for the flight. So I think it's really important at that point, this focus on Mm. practicalities And alongside that, there's a couple of things I'd suggest. So Mm. one of them is that you go into a sort of mode of what's the next thing I need to do? So you literally take it one step at a time. So in order to, what tends to happen is your mind immediately always goes to the flight. So in order to try and sort of keep that sense of calm a little bit, um, I would suggest that you you know, you're thinking, okay, what's the next thing I I need to do? I'm just going to start to get some clothes together to pack my case or whatever it is. So just focusing on small practical tasks and you're just thinking of what's the next thing I need to do in order to try and stop mm. your mind running forward to that, to that flight. Um, and this also links in with the practicalities. If you know you've got all the practicalities sorted out, then there's nothing else to think about at the flight. Now you're just going through the steps of getting ready. Mm, Yeah. So alongside that then is about how do you manage your mind? How do you stop yourself thinking ahead all the time? So one of them is about this kind of present focus, just focusing on a small, small manageable task and working through in that way. And then the next thing is when managing your mind, so we could use a nice little strategy that in CBT we call worry postponement. So this is based a little bit on a similar idea, for example, if you give chocolate up for Lent, much easier to say, 
I'm, you know, I'm giving it up for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever it is, rather than I'm never going to eat chocolate again. That feels completely unmanageable. I think that's illegal, actually, as well. Is it? Yeah, yes. in, in many countries. <laughs> so instead of that, we're going to use that same sort of strategy with our minds. So when you notice those worries popping into your mind, which inevitably they will do, you know, all those what if type questions that come up, what I'm going to suggest you do is notice it. So first of all, you're going to notice the worry and just say, oh, I, I notice that I'm worrying about the flight again. And then you're going to remind yourself that it's not helpful. I've got all the practicalities sorted, mm. not helpful for me to be worrying about that right now. So what I'm going to do is postpone the worry till later. So in your mind, you're putting the worry aside and postponing it for a later time. Now, if you've got sort of, say, the flights tomorrow, we're in the afternoon now, aren't we, Paul? If your flight's tomorrow, while you're working today, just getting all the last bits ready for the flight, if a flight, if a worry pops up, you might say to yourself, oh, I've noticed I'm starting to worry. Mm not going to you know there's no no help in worrying about that right now I'll postpone that till later and you might give yourself a worry time later say perhaps about six o'clock in the, the evening not too late because you don't want to be taking it to bed but at that point you might allow yourself just 10 minutes of worry and in that 10 right. minutes you can worry as much as you like for 10 <laughs> minutes but after that we go back into postponing it again and when you're getting, when you're on the eve of the flight, what you can then do is postpone it until after the flight. So, for example, if you've got a flight tomorrow, you know, first thing in the morning and you'll have landed at night, um, after you've done your worry time tonight, you can start telling yourself, same thing, you know, I've noticed I'm worrying, not helpful to think about it right now, I'll postpone it till 10 o'clock tomorrow evening. So you're tricking your mind into letting it go until after the flight's done. And that, I mean, that sounds amazing. How does that work then? It just does. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit, like I said at the beginning, it's about our minds don't, we have to be quite gentle with our minds. So if we try to not think about anything at all, it makes us think about it more. The mm. other alternative is we get caught up in this sort of worry spiral or worry right. cycle where one one worry leads to another and another and before you know where you are it's you know it feels completely out of control where we're trying to take a slightly more gentle approach where we're mm. you know acknowledging it kind of saying to them you know I, I know I'm worried that's okay but I just don't need to do the worry bit and I can do it later so it's just having a slightly more gentle approach with your mind that sometimes our minds manage a little bit better I like that I'm, I have done this a version of this technique but I don't know why it worked and I just thought right. maybe maybe you would know <laughs> did you find that it did work with yeah you? I have used it before I have thought I thought well I'll put, put my worry I'll plan it like say six o'clock I'll I'm gonna worry I'm gonna do all my panicking at six and until mm. then I'm not gonna I'm just and for some I don't know why it works but it just mm. it seems to yeah, it doesn't mean well, you stop I... thinking about it but you just it just I don't know, dilutes it a bit. Yeah, it, well, I suppose it's just trying to, rather than worrying for 12 hours in the day, you're trying to just worry for 10 minutes. So I think that's quite reassuring for mm. our minds. You know, you know, I know it's going on, but we're just not going to spend the whole day panicking about it. We'll just, we'll do 10 minutes. Very cool. 
like that. Thank you very okay. much. Yeah, right. brilliant. Thank you, no Sue. Worries. Thank you. Bye, Paul. So to our next guest, uh, Debbie Robotham, who is helping people all over Love Fly. You keep popping up all the time, doing an amazing job. And because you're such a prolific helper, I thought we'd ask you and don't <laughs> had your own journey of beating your fear as well. So what would you suggest? I think firstly, listen to episode 44 or Headspace or something like that. Get your breathing under control. Uh, you can't do anything until you're in a calmer place. Mm. You know, and then you can take on board other information. But firstly, get yourself calm, you know, listen to something like yourself, episode 44, Headspace, anything like that, and just calm yourself down, get your breathing, and mm. then you can move on. Okay, so that's 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 great. Tip number one, and because uh, <laughs> it's not everyone is able to do that. So, but I do I do agree. I think breathing is key, and uh, it helps you to then start to be able to rationalise and take on other things. Because if you're breathing and your your state of mind is all over the place, there's no chance of reading anything or looking at anything on anything, YouTube. Anything, no, you know, or, so. yeah, or even listening to another podcast. You, you're in too much of a panic state. Mm. You've just got to slowly calm down and be able to rationalise. Okay, all right, that's thoughts. brilliant. So that's your start. So let, he says, uh, trying to squeeze as much as possible out of out of you. What 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 next would you suggest? The famous Pete Higgins checklist. <laughs> <laughs> why was it's, that helpful for you then? It's, it's just go everything that happens, you, you tick it off and it happens exactly like it does in the list. Mm. You take off, you hear all the noises, you feel the dip and you know it's all perfectly normal. And each flight is exactly the same. So, yes. you know, it is absolute. It's, it's brilliant, you know. And I do, I've said that to so many people that, you know, have been due to flight and download it tick it off gives you some focus as well it's just something else you're not thinking about anything else because you're focusing on the list hmm. that's right no i agree and for those who haven't found it it's in the file section of yep. the love fly private facebook facebook group so you can download it there uh, and get it so oh, that's great yeah i agree with that that's a good tip what else you got <laughs> what else have i got yeah Remember the pilots and crew are human and they want hmm. to get home to their families as well. It's it's such a simple thing, but I do think you forget, you know, and it, it was one of the big ones for me. I just, I think somebody said it in their podcast last week. Yes. And it just, yeah, it really does. They want to get home. They want to see their families, you know, or as Pete says, they want to go to Tesco's and mow the lawn. And, you know, <laughs> it, it is such a simple thing, but it's true. You know, they're human and they're not going to do anything that puts themselves in danger. No, that's very true. I think that's a good reminder as well. And a, a few people have found that one to be helpful. So uh, I'm glad that's one you brought up. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. OK. So we've got the breathing, we've got the checklist, we've got the member of the pilots are humans and the crew are human. How many more have you got? Um, how many more have I got? Uh, a big one. Do Ooh. not check the weather or turbulence apps. <laughs> what is that then? The rubbish, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pilot's job. 
And anybody else on all the ground crew, they're looking after that. They're being paid a lot of money to mm. do that. Let them do it. It's yeah, we don't understand it. We can't begin to decipher everything that's going on in up in the air. Let them do it. It's not safe. They will not fly. They will find another route or just will not go. So, you know, it's simple as that, you know, when people say, oh, I've checked the turbulence out. Don't. Yes. Yes, I agree. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that one. Okay. Got any more? No, nothing. I, I, I honestly think your anxiety is probably worse than the flight itself. You know, I think you've said it times before, it's facts, not thoughts. And mm. it, it goes back to getting your breathing under control. If you're in a state of panic, all your, your thoughts spiral out of control and you can't remember the facts. You know, yes. if somebody has only just joined Love Fly, then they you know, perhaps won't have listened to all the podcasts and, you know, learn what I've learned. But you need to get that, you know, it's remember facts, not thoughts. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yes, because it, it's very easy to sort of, when these things are rattling around your head, to think, oh, it must mean something, you know, because um, particularly well, just before a flight, you, they always they always spike a bit anyway, don't they? Exactly, exactly. And I think it's a bit like rituals as well, you know, you hold on to it mm. and it's you get you get those thoughts and you hold on to them. So it's learning to let your thoughts go and yeah. yeah. Remember the facts. So thank you. That's great. Um so just to sort of give a glimpse of hope in a potted sort of a potted history one sentence type thing what was your situation and, and where are you now in terms of the fear used to love flying had children hated flying uh used to take medication alcohol got myself in a right state did virgin fear of flying course got slightly better had a wobble came back found love fly and now i fly very happily thank you very much <laughs> no, nothing at all now no, absolutely nothing. And Debbie, thank you again for all the help that you give secretly in the Love Fly group. And I know that you've even met up with a couple of people, but at least that's what I know of. Anyway, there could be others that come out of the woodwork. But uh, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. no, I'm not some secret air stalker. <laughs> no, no, you know. But if if you want to fly with Debbie, contact. No, so you've uh, you've, been away. <laughs> know, you've done a few flights with people. So thank yeah. thanks ever so much, and uh, you're amazing. Mauritius, yeah. If somebody fancies Mauritius, I'm yes. more than happy to tag along. <laughs> I'll I tell you what, you're just. You're all heart, you. I know. What a sacrifice you're willing give, to make. Give, give, give. Mm. Yeah, so if everybody's nervous about going to Mauritius, then Debbie will happily companion you. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, thanks a million, mate. That was absolutely brilliant. And uh, thank you again for all that you do. And uh, great to see you again. Yeah, thanks a lot, Paul. Take care. So continuing with the theme of, I thought we'd get three other lovely humans to contribute. So we've got Sarah Fowler, who's a flight service manager, and you would have come across her in the in the Love Fly Facebook group, which is also on the 30-day program. And we've got Captain Steve here, who's like the local hero. And also John Bond, who you'll see in the Facebook group all the freaking time and putting the rest of us to shame. So, Wisdom, what do you reckon? Oh, who wants to go well, first? Uh, shall I start? I'll start. 
And I think I think the best thing to start with is um, try and be prepared as best you can in terms of the uh, getting to the airport, f- figure out how you get into the airport, factor in any delays, because I think if you you know, make it as smooth as possible. So you're not worrying about that. Know what terminal you're going from, how long it takes to get from sort of A to B. Like he throws massive. So you want to leave lots and lots of time so that you're not rushing because I think that just adds to the anxiety. That's going to add to everything. But if you know exactly, you know, what to do if plan A goes wrong, what's your plan B of getting to the airport? What terminal am I at? Have all your documents ready. Be as organised on that. That's the stuff that you can control. If you can be as organised as you mm-hmm. can with that side of it, and know the layout as best you can of the airport. So how long is it going to take from check-in to the gate, for example, through security? What's going to happen at security? Well, I know majority of countries there's the liquid rule. So make sure that all your liquids are in your clear plastic bag. So again, you're a step ahead. You haven't got to think about anything when you're there, and you can just kind of concentrate on yourself and. And keeping yourself as calm as possible because you've you, you you're in control of everything else you've organized it no surprises and also expect the unexpected expect the cues and don't worry about them cues you know flip it around and think you know it's because they're doing the job properly and thoroughly and that's really good that's what we want rather than getting annoyed with them and thinking oh you know it's it's part of the process and mm perhaps have a plan as well what am I going to do you so you've arrived really early shall I have breakfast if you feel like you can eat maybe go and view the planes find a nice area to sit and read do something that you really enjoy or maybe listen to one of the podcasts I think uh, is it 44 that comes up quite often with the uh, relaxation so perhaps factor in one of those maybe go to the gate early so you can have a quiet moment in a corner with a podcast yeah be being prepared as best you can and I think on a on a crew side of things, speak to it as soon as you get on, go and find your seat and then maybe go and find the nearest crew member. Explain that you're not a great flyer. I'm sat over there and, and just introduce yourself and then they know where you are and they can reassure you as best as possible as well. And then you're getting to know them on a human level as well and, and realise that, you know, it sort of helps put it all in perspective that they're human as well and they'll mm-hmm. do everything they can to make sure that you're as relaxed and, and answer any questions that you've got. So any questions you've got, speak to the crew. Nice. Thanks, Sarah. Do you breathe through your ears? <laughs> that was amazing. It's like... <laughs> Fantastic. Just thought, right. my head, just thought of that. They probably got bored if you let me go. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Or Pete's checklist. Always print that off. I think that yeah. seems to come up as being really invaluable. So, again, you know what's coming, um, all the noises and stuff. You've been prepared You've been, um, and you're staying in control in your own way. Awesome. <laughs> right all right then so uh captain steve what would you beat like that to... yeah beat that <laughs> follow that one oh, brilliant that's amazing whilst we're on the human level of things exactly what sarah said so uh, always remember as well that the crew are humans every single one of them and uh, they all have uh, amazing lives outside of work and they wouldn't jeopardize this for anything. So it's not a scientific experiment. You're not alone um, going to the airport and getting on the aeroplane. And, uh, but the difference is the crew, obviously, they're, they're not fearing anything and it's very routine for them. But they have lives and, and you know, they, they love doing their job, love going around the world, but remember they all have home lives, loved ones, 
animals, etc. And they wouldn't jeopardize it for anything. So rest assured that um, everybody that's working on that aeroplane has got your best interests at heart because ultimately they're looking after themselves. Also be rest assured that um, as you're sitting in, in the airport or the gates, as Sarah said, that everything has been done to prepare the aeroplane and there's no stone left unturned. So uh, whilst you're uh, in queues, possibly, the crew have already met and they're doing all their pre-flight planning, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the aeroplane has obviously been inspected by the engineers, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, know that, um, you know, it's all routine. And this happens day in, day out for every single aeroplane departure. So uh, no aeroplane gets any special treatment more than others. And there's 100,000 takeoffs and landings every single day around the world, 100,000, um, which is incredible, really, if you think about. And that just shows you how safe it actually is. Yeah. Okay. So you raised tried, the bar. I tried yeah. that breathing. I tried the breathing <laughs> video, but I had to, I had to stop. <laughs> I think as well. Oh, what? There's more going on. There's a little bit more. <laughs> what, a little bit more advice is please, if you can, try and stay off the apps because the weather apps, the turbulence apps, it, it just um, try and avoid them because if it's safe to fly, you'll fly. If it's not safe because of the weather, etc., you won't fly. Simple as that. So yeah, trust nice. the experts. We know what we're doing. Don't, you know, because, also, I mean, I couldn't read half the weather maps, the turbulence maps. You don't mean anything. And, and you know, most of the time when... Steve tells me there's turbulence in three hours. There may well not be. So I'll take that with a pinch of salt as well, because it's just, it's, it's nature, isn't it? So uh, try and log off. Just concentrate on the fact that if it's safe to fly, you'll be flying. If it's not, it'll get cancelled. It's as simple as that. So, um, yeah, just trust us experts. We know what we're doing and that's why it's so safe. Actually, brilliant, Sarah. I'd like to touch on that. When we're talking about, um, we do know when it's going to be rough during the flight. And as Sarah says, the meteorologists don't always get it right. Hello, Michael Fish, famous Michael. But we do have a rough idea of whether it's going to be. But that doesn't stop us going. If it's going to be rough on, on route, as, as we've said on many podcasts before, um, if there's a tailwind, but it's really rough here, we will go looking for that tailwind because obviously it gets us there quicker. It doesn't matter to us how rough it is. It's obviously just uncomfortable for you, but it's not obviously unsafe. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. But even the fact, you know, we know there's pockets of air or areas of, you know, it doesn't stop the flight going. We just can expect it. And that's it. And it's just routine to us. It, it doesn't affect us in any way, shape or form. We just know that it's going to be. And that's more or less for um, when to put the seatbelts on, not, not to. The flight won't do a 180 and go back out of the, the turbulence. It will carry on through it. All quite normal. Real. Thank you. You two finish now? Yeah. Hang on. Come on then, John, give us some sum up. <laughs> get in before Sarah talks again. Now, the, uh, the first thing that I, I'm thinking is I wish I'd gone first. You can bring in the garden with a beer, mine. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is very, very true that when you. When I'm on the Facebook page, we get many, many people who say, I am flying in an hour. Can you help me? Right. And they, they then follow up with, and I've checked the weather and the place where I'm going, it's raining now. And they don't connect the fact that where they're going is nine hours away from where they are. 
and it's not going to be raining there anyway. And even if it was, it doesn't matter. So what I've been saying to people is you need to do your job, right? So your job as a passenger is to get to the airport on time, wear comfy clothes. In my case, make sure you've got pants on, right? And then from there, snacks, entertainment, right? Have a good attitude. So the attitude is something may go wrong. Like I may lose something. I may get delayed. I may, something may happen, but I'm going on an adventure. So if I get there half an hour later, who cares? Right. And also don't miss the opportunity of things not going to plan. Because very often if things don't go to plan. Say that again, what? Never miss the opportunity that you're given when things don't go to plan. Because you could quite literally be delayed for an hour and in an hour start chatting to someone and make a friend for life, right? Or whatever, find out that they're going to the same place and they're actually going to an art gallery and they know the owner of the art gallery and they invite you and you end up going to the art gallery. Right? There's lots of positive things that can happen, but we tend to always look at, I'm not getting what I want exactly how I want it, so that's bad. And very often, when you don't get something exactly the way you want it, it's actually giving you an opportunity to get something better. So in relation to the, the apps and, and what Sarah said, completely right. I tell everybody, don't. Don't check the weather. Don't look at turbulence. Right, As I said Previously, I have no idea what plane I'm getting on, right? It, it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter in the slightest because the plane is certified to fly. The people flying it are certified to fly. Everyone's passed everything. If the weather is too bad for it to fly, it won't fly. So there's, I have no control, but I don't need any control because I'm paying other people to be in control. And I think that's the piece is they don't, they think, well, I'm paying for my seat and there's a pilot and the, and the person who's giving me my chicken dinner, but they don't realize in the background, there's all the security people, there's all the check the people who check you in on the, on the ground. There's all the people who are planning the routes, the people who are looking at the weather, who are massively qualified. And yet here's, here's me with my first aid certificate going, well, I'm going to just look at the weather and see what's going to happen. I have no chance, right? So stay in your lane. Control what you can control and take everything as an opportunity to enjoy yourself. Hey, did he deliver, Sarah? His <laughs> feet is all now. Oh. <laughs> that was brilliant. It was a great it. way of wording it and just it putting it all it's, together. It's true, isn't it? If we, if we walked into the bank or, or someone else's debate, you wouldn't expect us, you know, take over their, you know, or question their authority or qualifications. You're absolutely right, John. So it's, it's trusting in the people who are in the positions to do the job and relying on them that they're qualified, they know what they're doing, they're certified, there's regulations to ensure that they're qualified and then focus on what you can do. Yes, on, say like, it. That's it. Winner. You. Win it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing about yeah. turning things around as well, like if you've got a delay and look at it in a different perspective, because sometimes it's so true, you often start talking to someone or something... Or, or, you know, they, 
you know, like you mentioned about them sort of owning something, it could be the way around. The person you're talking to, you could have helped them in some way or form. And you think, oh, if that hadn't have happened, then I wouldn't have met that. And like they Sarah, don't be well, taken then. in by him. He's not yeah. unlikable. <laughs> all right. <laughs> right. Very, I'm very, very, very annoying because I speak to everyone all the time. And I have a very strange sense of humour. So nine times out of ten, I always think I'm the funniest person I know and nobody <laughs> else does, right? That's, that's the disconnect. That's the problem, right? So, uh... But is, it's, it's looking at things in a different perspective and it's so true when you look back on things and think, oh, that's so annoying, I missed that train or that got cancelled, then realise that actually, probably for the best. Yeah. Or yeah, something good came out of it, or it just all worked out in the end. But you look at it things differently rather than getting worked up. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for the collective wisdom. That's very helpful. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, we pulled it out of the bag. <laughs> you pulled it out. I mean, you just you just drove, smashed it out of the park. Honestly, all of you. You just. It's an honour to know you. <laughs> it is. You. I'm you. humbled. Humbled. <laughs> My life is better because of you. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to that. I hope you found something useful there, a couple of tips. And thank you to all our amazing speakers for sharing their time and their wisdom. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. I hope you found it useful. Now, as always, if you need any extra help, please join our Love Fly Facebook group. You can also follow us on Instagram at Love Fly Help. And also, if you go to our website, which is lovefly.co.uk forward slash shop, you can see other ways that you can get some help. Thanks for listening. <laughs>